is Gov's Radio. Gov's Radio. Welcome to Hershey and the Keeg Show, starring pitcher Mark Hirschman and his personal catcher, Mike Keegan. Every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. live from the Governor's Comedy Club radio studio. Thanks so much for listening. A show about nothing. Well, hello everybody, it's Tuesday night, 9 o'clock, that means it is the Hershey and Keeg Show here on Gov's Comedy Podcast Radio, live, YouTube, YouTube, everything else. <laughs> Who was the first voice we heard? Uh, that was um, Colin Cosell, Howard Cosell's nephew. Or cousin, or he calls. He's the announcer for the Met games. He's the uh, PR, the uh, public address announcer. He's an actual City announcer at yeah. City Field. Yeah, Colin Cosell. He must be related to Howard Cosell. Or yeah, something. I think it's yep. his nephew, right? Yes. Yes. Other, yes. Otherwise, that guy's not announcing a dog track. <laughs> <laughs> and and what was the little jingle? Was that oh, you that guys was, singing? Uh, or was no, that, that was that was, was uh, that was a sixteen-year-old friend of my daughter's. So let's go easy on her. That's, okay. Uh, no, that was good, right? Our friend okay. Megan. Well, if she was singing for shit, she wouldn't get a smell. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't mean that. He doesn't mean that. No, that, I, that I, is. I'd like to see a picture of her. Okay, Sally. <laughs> That's right. Your engineer has yes, not returned a text to me in two years. <laughs> Sally, silly Sally. Sally. He's angry at me because Jackie's we got off. He hurt we got my off feelings. to do a podcast. At an incredible studio that are doing on video, and they give us this whole beautiful setup that you just don't say no to. Right. And uh, and I don't want Jimmy and Joe and 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 Sally and Tony and whoever the numbnuts that they threw off their show. Everybody's <laughs> pissed off. But listen, we're a thousand years old. You take the bigger, better deal. We never <laughs> made. We wouldn't make shit for doing this, and we're not making shit for doing that. So don't worry about nothing. Now here's the problem. Let's hear it. Here's what's wrong so far. Yes. We're way too far away from you guys. <laughs> I was hoping we'd be a lot And we're closer. way too comfortable for a comedy show. <laughs> you don't do a comedy show on a Chase Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie. All right. There we go. Take a chair. <laughs> All right. I love this. Jackie's going this rogue. All right. This is live radio. Um, Take a chair. This is, yeah. I love this. And you sit up so you're in the moment. Yes. And you also don't meet... You, help now what? Yeah, you're on. You also don't Face meet the way. guys a half an hour in advance. <laughs> yes. So you tell each other your life stories. Right. And then you go on the air. The first two <laughs> minutes of breaking balls is usually the best part of any show. I, I know. We had good content for like 20 minutes before right. the show started. We wasted yeah, it all. And, and, and Bales it should know better. He my, does. My <laughs> altacocca partner. He is an altacocca. And right up to two seconds before the show, he's being funny. And now he won't do. He it's was over. <laughs> it's it's Peter was right. killing before the show. I was. Now, yeah. now, Shia, is there proof? No. No, we don't have any. Now, let me just explain about Jackie. He's in a good mood. Yes. All right. And mm -hmm. everything is is fine, right? And uh, you, feel good. I you told do you not have good. to explain me. Uh, <laughs> somebody does. No, people. people well, no, Peter, <laughs> you didn't think he. You, I'm you not cranky, and I'm not mean. I'm not weird. I just tell the truth, which is, look, look how much. But look, 
It well, feels eye better. to eye. I agree. I'm sitting up. I don't want to nod out in a no, chair. No, you were going to. You look like you were going to. You so know, there's a comedy right. club. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or there was for five minutes up in, in Rhode Island, the Twin Falls or whatever, and Darcy Novick, I guess, put it together. It was a Catch a Rising yes. Star thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Her and Craig Nyer. They said, where do you see this room? It's fantastic. And it was in a big casino, and it was a really nice room. And all the chairs were these, like, cupped, whatever you would call those, those <laughs> round 1972 chairs where you're sitting up with your legs almost up. Yeah. Like now, the and it was a whole room full of those chairs. I said, isn't this greatness the greatest room? I said, no! <laughs> everybody's, everybody's, like, laid out. It was the worst like possible. Gynecologist chairs. They're, they're fo- got, that's what they were, <laughs> yeah. gynecologist chairs. They have stirrups, <laughs> they have stirrups on we them. We should have gotten that for Dr. Bales today. I think. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what do you think of the room? I'm not going to say nothing. I don't want to work. Oh, no, this is incredible, yeah. you know? Uh, I, I might not have gone with that color with the chairs. <laughs> You Everyone's trying to focus on not falling out of their chair. Right, Slide no, that just, chair over to Dr. Bales, just please, would you? Because right. comedy, comedy's Bales. kinetic. Yes. You, you know, you want to be close. You want people to I agree. I had, my, re- I had my reservations about the the, uh, the couch as well, and now it's all figured out, and uh, we're yeah. good now. Whose we're idea here. was the couch? Peter? Well, it, it wasn't any. <laughs> no, it was Pete. Uh, we had what, the chair set up. What was the up? greatest club of all time? Pete. Rascals. Rascals. How was Rascals Peter set up? It was banquet tables with people Banging into each other when they laugh—that's yes. the whole deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't sit so close. That's part, <laughs> that's part of the formula of a comedy club: intimacy, cool, a cool room, low temperature. Now you guys are on TV and we're not. Is that the deal? No, you no, no, we're, no we're right there. Just take us also. off TV forever, please. Where are we? We actually <laughs> right up there. We look good. I look you're there, good. You're there. Where's you're the, where we don't have a camera? I think that one over there is pointing yes, at you, it and is. you guys are Just don't on, put uh, it back on us ever again, Sally. Put it on <laughs> Nobody wants to see me put and Mark. Put it on Jackie and Peter the whole time. Sally, where's the camera? Do you see it? You see no, I see, I see us, but where are we coming from? <laughs> I think it was the one you said looked like Peter's cock. Ooh, it... <laughs> but it's pointed that <laughs> way. No language restrictions tonight. It's pointed no. that way. This one. There's okay. multiple cameras. You're good. We see you. You're here. Thank you for showing up. Dr. Peter Bales... Jackie the Joke Man, Marling. Now, this is your first show ever here? <laughs> no, no, we haven't been no. here. Uh, this you told me this was their first show. No, no. not that. They, they have a new podcast, <laughs> yeah, but they've been doing it do. for a while. We've been doing it for a little bit. We're, a little we're, bit. We're, uh, three, so three you've been full, sitting in your garage three, and all of a sudden months. they let you use the microphone? <laughs> that, essentially. Essentially. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. And so now this is, you, that, you don't sell diet products, right? Obviously. Keto. You can tell we both sell keto. We can tell. What is keto? You know what? I saw a couple ads for that. You see the, the ad with the yeah. big fat guy, and two seconds later, he's 40 pounds lighter? <laughs> yeah. What is keto? Is it a real Everything thing? Everything except for carbs, and it's supposed to boost your ketones, which burn fat. Yeah, it's I'm a low-carb low 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 I'm the oh expert. You know, Does it work? <laughs> my God, how'd you learn all that stuff? <laughs> yeah, uh, how could I, you I, know I, that I, and look I, like I, this? I know all everything. Right. I know everything about Easy. it. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I wanted. To, I did want to say before we got rolling here that uh, <laughs> one of the one of the first calls that I made when when Mike and I started to do this podcast was to Dr. Peter Bales, who's one of my mentors in stand up. I've been doing stand up for a, quite a few Peter years. Bales. I know. Yes. I, uh, and I will it's tell hard you this: enough to swallow, Professor. I know. <laughs> yeah, well, right. no swallowing anyone tonight. But 
he Sally, sorry. His his answer to me was um, as typical Dr. Bales fashion, gracious, appreciative, whatever you need, Mark. And that is why no matter whenever I hear someone talk about Godfather of Comedy or this one or that one, to me it always comes back to Dr. Bales because he has the most humility. He has the most, I'll do what you want and I don't need anything back in return. And I think he's a mensch, a quality person. And Well, uh, just don't expect any laughs. No, I don't. <laughs> no, the last one we say for you. <laughs> The humility is always good. Oh, he, you know, there are other people but. that sometimes will. Um, what's in it for me? Doctor Bales is not that kind of guy. Yeah. We did. A, we were very excited. Yeah, but about you're this. calling me doctor because you think I can write prescriptions, <laughs> and I can't. Well, <laughs> you have before though for no. me. So <laughs> that was informal, um, off the books. Yeah. yeah. So we are excited to hear you. We, we want. We want to hear a little bit about stand up and memory. Stand up memories with you guys. It's going great. We watched some episodes. I um, that is so I nice. love it. That's great. Uh, Jackie had some great stories. I think about, we uh, should start a GoFundMe to try and get each of you guys a neck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> hold on. I have a neck. I just I have one somewhere. Hold on. This guy. Right. Hold on. Underneath this body is a <laughs> tremendous on. athlete. Hold you on. Know, um, I, oh, I just almost told a family story and I can't because it would it would get back and it was a great one. Tell well, it. I, you know, <laughs> th- th- uh, no, because it's not going to anyway, get back. Because my no, because the members of my family do listen to the stuff I do, and it'll be so obvious who it is. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I'm not self-conscious. Mark's going to be no, self-conscious for months now. Um, About what? So I want to know. First of all, you guys are referring to this new show as a vodcast. Is that what it's called? A <laughs> A vodcast? I understand. Who ever said that? I never did. The the one of the twenty <laughs> somethings that do the production. That's <laughs> what your 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 we website don't. refers to it as a vodcast. What how'd that come about? It's very bizarro type yeah, of Yeah, especially since we never I would have said no. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Vodcast. That means people our age will look at that and say, I guess I don't have the equipment to watch that show. <laughs> I know. I know exactly what you mean. I think it's a video and audio, yeah. you have your options. Is that pop- a good? common term, Sally? Vodcast? It, it's becoming a, a common This term. is actually sure. the first time I've heard vodcast. Well, are we doing a vodcast? You guys guess, are doing I a guess vodcast. This is a vodcast. Right. I just didn't know it. This yeah. is the last week of our podcast <laughs> this week. <laughs> 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 are, you, are you having fun, fun with it? Tell me, are you having fun with it, Jackie? We're, with we this are. show? No. Not, not, this, not this one. <laughs> not this, <laughs> <laughs> this one we didn't expect. No. No, your memories. Show. Your show. Your uh, vodcast. We are not only uh, having a great, great time, but I got a really nice text today from Rory. Rory Rose Garden. Rose Garden. Rose Garden. He said, oh, nice. Jackie, I love stand-up memories. You guys are great. And I wrote back, wow, thanks, Rory. He said, yeah, it really is terrific. Do not stop. That's and very he's nice. he's like, you know, he's been there and back. Even yeah. if he's uh, yanking my chain because he knows I'm old and I need it, I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. We should tell your audience that's Ray Romano's manager. Yeah, Ray, Ray Romano's, Romano's manager. manager and he's, he's done uh, many, many things. I know he just very, picked very up our, our friend Anthony Rodia. He's working with uh, Rory Rose Garden now. Is that right? Yeah. Is he another one of those uh, dietary specialists? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Rory's but, terrific. He doesn't hit with all of the acts. That yeah, I enjoy stand-up don't memories. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> what, did he sign you? No. <laughs> very funny. I enjoy stand-up memories because I love the history of comedy, and you guys have had some great stories. Now, listen, if you say you listen to it, I'll quiz you and catch you lying, I'll you mother. I've heard some really, you had a couple of really good Jackie Mason stories. Oh. The great. one with the elevator, I was... Dying laughing is freaking hilarious. I was it. Where was I? I went to some place the other day. You don't really, you rarely see them anymore. And it was they had an elevator with the lattice. Oh, I love and it. And I almost told the strangers in the elevator the story. <laughs> it, was, you know, it was so great. 
Is that a request? It's a great story. It's a great story. If you wouldn't, if, I know you've used it on your show, but it was. Uh, I was laughing my ass off when. You know, I, I they were interviewing me for the History Channel, because the History Channel is doing a whole thing called uh, the Rebels, who formed America or something. And one of the one-hour s- segments is uh, Rush Limbaugh and Howard Stern. So mm-hmm. they interviewed me for two hours, and they'll probably use. One sentence, yeah. you know, and that was an old in an old building. They, they film wherever they can, you know, yeah. and they had the lattice. What happened was um, in nineteen eighty or whenever we had just started, and we're trying to get the whole thing together. And we had a successful show in a restaurant in Huntington, and so Richie Minervini and his brother, another guy, got together the funds to start a club, and he ran into. Jackie Mason, when he was down in Florida, Richie was running around in Florida, and Jackie Mason hadn't, he'd been just about uh, chucked out of show business for the Ed Sullivan incident, yeah. which you would have to Google and go look because it's a long story. But Ed Sullivan thought Jackie Mason gave him the thing. finger at the end of his segment on TV, which he didn't do. Yeah. But um, so Mason couldn't buy himself a gig forever. So Minabini ran into Jackie Mason, befriended him, and he said, Listen, we're, start- we're starting a club up in Long Island. Or oh, maybe he, after he got to be friends with me, he called him and said, would you do the opening week? So Jackie Mason came and did the opening week at the Eastside Comedy Club, and we each took turns being on the bill with them, which was so exciting. And after about a year, uh, I, I, I made albums. I was making my second album at the Eastside Comedy Club, which was the club they started, and... Jackie Mason said, you, you make albums? You're making an album? I said, yeah, we can make an album. You know, why, you want to make an album? And so we decided we're going to do Election 80, which was going to be about um, the election with, uh, was it Carter? And Carter. Carter and Reagan. And just like Jackie Mason's Broadway shows, what they are is his act with a smattering of something else. You know, if it's going to be Jackie Mason's dietary show. It's going to be his act with, how about this fat person? How about this fat person? You know, and the rest of it is just his act. So he's doing election 80. So we need some political jokes. So he invites us in, and me and a guy named Barry Mitchell, who's still around, and Richie Minervini, and I think one or two other guys, we go in, and we're going to write some jokes for this upcoming album that I'm going to audio tape at the Side Comedy Club and we're in his and we're in his uh, in his apartment and he's sitting in a chair like I am here and we're sitting, most of us, maybe somebody's in a chair, but other people sitting on the floor and he's like holding court <laughs> and we're just tossing ideas. But we're all new. We're all so new to this. Like we're sitting with Jackie Mason, which is like pinch me, you right. know, and uh like us right now. You know, yeah, <laughs> but like Cut to, like, you know, just before he died, you know, you, you could throw a stone and hit 15 people that had lunch with him that day, you know, <laughs> that he right. got around. But back then, it was exciting, and we're pitching ideas and pitching ideas. And I said something, and I would, God, would love to know what the hell I said. But I said an idea, like a joke or a comment. And he said, you, you just thought of that? I said, yeah. <laughs> he, he said, no, that, that idea just came from your head just now. I said, yeah, well, we're sitting there trying to come up with stuff. For, you know, That's genius. You just thought of that. Right now, out of your head, you thought of that. And, Yay, that's genius. My friend, you are a genius. And I remember <laughs> sitting there thinking, 
I'm new at this, and Jackie Mace has called me genius. Maybe I'm on the right path Right, here. you're onto exactly. something. You know, maybe we should go get some lunch. Come on, we'll go down. We'll go down and get some sandwiches, you know, some him and cheese, whatever. Come on. And we get up, and we go to le we leave his apartment, and he's on the second floor of a Park Avenue apartment. It's an old apartment building, and the elevator door opens up, and there's the lattice. Yeah. The, you know, the steel lattice and the elevator operator. There's an elevator operator, and he pulls it open. We get in, and the elevator operator, the door closes, and the elevator operator closes the lattice and pushes the button, and we go from the second floor to the first floor. And when we get to the first floor, as the guy's opening up the lattice, Jackie Mason says, you, you just brought us down here from up there? You, my friend, are a genius. <laughs> And I'm like, well, there, there, goes, <laughs> there, goes, there goes that erection. The wind out of my sails, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I, although I think I did know at the time what a great, great story it was. Oh, <laughs> oh, fucking phenomenal. You, my friend, are a genius. You can still hear him. He was and yeah. on our podcast, Stand Up Memories, that's exactly what we do. Memories about stand-up, yeah. especially Long Island. And to your listeners and viewers, Jackie's mentioning the East Side Comedy Club, the first full-time comedy club yeah. on Long Island. I remember that. The first official show they had, I had the privilege of hosting, and I had an right? awareness, yeah, of being introduced and being the first act on that stage. And I stopped at the step right before the stage, and I just took it, took my leg, and I put it down, and <coughs> there's the first step. I had an awareness even then that this was <laughs> a very, very special moment. I just yeah. put my foot down, went up, and it was a, a small club. I will club. never forget <laughs> the act that he did that night. <laughs> how, how could I forget he did it again last night? <laughs> <laughs> I did, but I am I'm I'm changing my order around. <laughs> Nails party for two. <laughs> what it's Peter? What was it? 1980. What year was 80, that? 80, I think. 1980. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was Richie. Richie Minovini is one of the people that gave me my first shot. He, I was new. He put me up at the Brigada for a week. You know, I was only four or five years into comedy. Unbelievable. Um, he's a good guy. He's, he's great. Around. He's I been got, around. He's I got old. enough stories about him to choke a horse. So sure. but, back uh, then yeah. in those days, 1980, that's when Eddie Murphy was starting to feel his way or he had already hit by that point? I, I told Eddie Murphy in that little tiny back room at, at the Eastside Comedy Club that he really needed to stay in college so he would have something to fall back on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told a very horrible story today to Matt Napo. Who was, he said his, his show is coming on to Governor's Radio this week, I think. Yeah, I saw that. I think I saw that. Do you know who that is, Matt Napo? Yeah, so. he's starting in uh, the first week of May. Okay, yeah. But he's so a great character, I and I told him, and I said, I don't know if I should, because uh, he said something about he used to book music acts at the brokerage. Because I, I was plugging the brokerage, because we're working at the brokerage. Oh, that's why we're here. Yeah, we Saturday should Saturday night, we're working at the brokerage, me and Peter. Uh, 7 p.m. Saturday night at the brokerage on uh, Merrick Avenue in Belmore. Govs.com for tickets. Right. G-O-V-S.com. And, uh, and I actually booked the shows at, I guess, it must have been Gary Smith. I knew the place as Corky's Music Box back when I had my band. And then it became kind of a more of a, a weird type thing. And I was doing a transition trying to do comedy. And at some point he called me and said, I want to do comedy here. So I was booking like three comics. Friday, three comics, Saturday at Brokerage for a month, for two months, for, th for however long. I was already, Nancy was already working with me. You know, she wasn't even my girlfriend yet. Wow. Because uh, that was when we, it was one of the nights that we had a show there that we first fooled around. 
And tell us more about and that. And after a certain <laughs> amount of time at the brokerage, th- we went and started governors. And I started booking the acts of governors. At some point, Gary Smith said, you know, I don't think I want you to book the acts here anymore because you're booking the better acts at Governor's. And I was like, yeah, it's a better place. <laughs> <laughs> but one night, one night, and it, it, this is horrible, but if, if Eddie and me hadn't laughed at it so hard together, I, I don't care if I get in trouble. He, uh, <laughs> did, you know the story. So, so <laughs> somebody dropped out of a Friday night show. So I was stuck for two shows on a, on a Friday night. I got nobody. And there weren't 10,000 comics anymore in, in those days. <laughs> and and I knew Eddie Murphy lived down the street. You know, this is Belmore, and he lives down the street in, in Roosevelt. So I called Richie Tinkin that owned the comic strip and the comic strip south, who's been my dear friend. At the first time I met him, I dragged Rodney Dangerfield into the comic strip south in Fort Lauderdale, wow. and Richie was endeared to me forever because from then on, anytime Rodney Dangerfield was in Fort Lauderdale, like a moth to a flame, he'd find <laughs> his way to that stage because right. he needed that, and it was a gold mine for everybody. So, so Tinkin loved me, <coughs> so I called him and said, "Richie, listen, I'm stuck. I need an act. For it might I don't know if it's for tonight or for tomorrow night, but it's very soon. You think Eddie would?" you know, come and do the brokerage. He said, you know, well, last week he did CW Post for $10,000. And I said, well, this doesn't pay that much, you know. <laughs> so, but he got him to do it. He said, yeah, he'll do it. I'm sure he'll do it. And Eddie agreed, and Eddie came over. That's great. And he did both shows. And, you know, he didn't knock anybody dead. He just did his stuff, what he does, and people liked it or didn't hate it. You know, the racist South Shore is like, oh, what's he doing there, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but when he, when he got done after the shows, we're standing around. And he came up and said, "Jack, how much am I getting paid for tonight?" <laughs> and I said, "A hundred dollars." And he said, "A hundred dollars, Jack? That's slave labor." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Lest you forget." <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "He said, Jack, you're crazy." <laughs> That's all he ever said to me, and all the all the times I ever saw him, he said, "Jack, you're crazy." <laughs> Such crazy. a nice guy. I remember coming back from New Jersey from one nighters, and he would fake that he's asleep <laughs> in the back of the car so he didn't have to chip in for the toll, which was yeah. then seventy five cents. Oh, yeah. just, just right. great, oh. just great. You know, <laughs> years later, for whatever reason, I did some kind of charity thing at the China Club. And we had the Channel 9 show, the Howard Stern Channel 9 show, which was off the charts crazy. Yep. Yeah. It was like 89, 90. And uh, Murphy was at the China Club. And I walked over to him, and, and, he, and he came over, and he said, Jack, that Channel 9 show is the funniest thing on TV. And nope, I'm not doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> he nipped that in the bud. <laughs> lest, lest you forget. I'm not doing <laughs> You know, I learned something from Eddie Murphy at Rascals uh, in New Jersey. He used to come in and try out material in the West Orange Club. And he got off stage and he was frustrated. And he turned to me and he said, how do I know what's funny? They laugh at everything I say. And, and did you wow. tell him you'd have no way of knowing that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't really m- mention that. <laughs> you teed me up. <laughs> I did. I set you up for that. <laughs> 
Now this is in the time you, st- you when you started doing blackface. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm distancing myself from this yes. entire conversation. Uh, <laughs> we had a good run, two months yeah, of this, this job. We're fine. No, Murphy is a, a very good guy. You know yeah. who's still around? Clint Smith is still around. Eddie's good friend, and uh, mm-hmm. he keeps threatening to come to this, to come to that, and he never does. You know, yeah. but. Uh, you know, maybe he'd come in and do your show. You never know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we haven't, we're not really doing guests yet. We had one guest, and, um, you know, he, he, but it'd be uncomfortable because you're going to have Clint on, and, and we're going to ask about Eddie, and it's, it's you know, it's because it's the Eddie show, yeah. To, to, the, the Howard Stern show did live from uh, London. We did a week from Abbey Road Studios, like the actual room where the Beatles did those songs. Yeah. And we had all these great guests. It was the Princess Trust concert, uh, which was a big concert at, at the uh, the Albert Hall. And it was like Eric Clapton and, and the Bee Gees and, and Elton John. It was a crazy, crazy. And different radio stations were up in the catacombs, you know, having interviewing people. And you had all these great, great people. And one of the guests, that, you know, the Stern show was still at the point where, like, I ain't doing that show. I ain't doing yeah. that show. And Gary Book, at the time, Bill Wyman, who was the bass player of the Rolling Stones, was banging a 14-year-old girl. And Gary booked her to come <laughs> oh, on to the radio God. show. <laughs> and she's they're getting ready to have her come in to be on the show. And the, her manager, or... Whoever was repping this 14-year-old bangy yeah. <laughs> said to Gary, listen, uh, she doesn't want to talk about Bill Boyd. <laughs> 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 and Gary came in and told Howard. We all went crazy. Like, oh, I, all right, well, let's ask her how's her homework coming. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. And that's honest to God. She, she, oh, she, wow. she doesn't want to discuss Bill Gentlemen, Wyman. can that's we hilarious. ask your... Uh, viewers, maybe to take the children out of the room at this time. <laughs> oh, they're gone what? They know. They know already. You could say, "I didn't curse." I said, "Banging." No, banging no, no. It's just the idea. Yeah, the fourteen-year-old. Yeah, it's totally girl. good. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine with these guys. Did you yes. know what banging somebody was when you're fourteen? <laughs> Did you know what it was when you were eight? Come on! I'm <laughs> still <laughs> actually unclear. If, the, if that's if that was off color, <laughs> I apologize. No, 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 no it's not. I'm de- no, I'm de- there's no off color no, here. There's, there's, no, look, there's look no. who you're talking to. People that's that right. watch us don't. You're have just talking to the anyway. no neck. I just, just don't matter. want you to chase all the 14 year olds that I invited to watch the show. <laughs> I'll, have a, uh, yeah, right. I'll have a 14 year old in here next week. I'm fine. <laughs> I have a neck. Okay. Uh oh, uh oh, that stuck with you. What about uh? So when when East Side Comedy. Hold on. When Eastside what Comedy Club. No, I would like. No. I, there's not, no one specific. I would like to. Though. Oh, oh, he's, I got. He's got advertising. Got oh, okay. When, when East Side started, was Chuckles already in? Open no, already? East, East Side was first, and then Chuckles and came so after. Chuckles after came after that. Richie, Richie's brother wound up getting bounced out of East Side because he was such an asshole. Okay. And he started Chuckles. So what was the di- dynamic between the clubs? Was there was there friction if if you worked in one versus one or the other? Not I really. don't think there was because there was so little places to work, and it was like. Right? I'll tell you, back in those days, you had governors, chuckles, and East Side, and comedy was white hot, and people would go from club to club, and really didn't even care who the acts were. They just trusted the club to have so a great show. There that was night. no if you work here, you can't. And work there was no, there was no opening act, middle act, closing act. I, I'll tell you. 
that 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 developed as I was doing governors because mm. uh, I did the road much less as I, I ran governors for a couple of years. Then when you went back out on the road, they had established that whole thing where. Because in the early days, there'd be like three guys on a show and say, well, why don't you MC and, and I'll close and, yeah. and kind of left to the comics. And I always closed because I was loud and dirty. Not that had nothing to do with who's funnier or better. I just yeah. louder or dirty. So by default, I'd go last. But what happened was that, that <clears throat> they would send three comics from New York to you know, Humptown, Pennsylvania <clears throat> to do the show and one of them would be the MC. And at some point, it dawned on every place in the world that hey let's put the comics on the radio to pr promote the show yeah and then somebody got the bright idea why don't we let harry the dj MC the show uh. on thursday night or whatever and that way they're going to save the price and i did i think they actually cut it down to two comics or just made it less of a job or whatever but it was and that's when it became well but this is specific MC and specific middle and and specific headliner because it hadn't been when I started. And we all numbers. know how great radio DJs are. Or MC, doing but I, that's what I was going to say. That uh, right. uh, yeah. the quality of the show is dependent on the MC, and uh, I know it, it's not seen that way anymore. I was actually in Humptown, Pennsylvania this past weekend. I was talking to Scott Bruce, who was hosting our shows. Yes, and he was telling Scott me, Bruce yeah. from like forty years yeah. ago. Scott yeah. Bruce is he was, was emceeing my shows this pa this past weekend. And he was saying, you know, in his day, the MC was the most important part of the show. And now they're, they're putting up the guys that have been doing comedy for two months. All right, you MC the show. We'll get you out of the way. Yeah, it's, it, you know. it's a lost art. It, it's yeah. the equivalent of you know playing football as a kid and say, you go long. You yeah, know? exactly. But what, what was crazy is the disc jockeys wound up being the biggest fans of the comedians. Yeah. Because their whole lives or their whole career, everybody that they run into is somebody they can help. A car dealer or whatever. So everybody kisses their ass, does everything they can. Everything they say is funny. They're so entertaining because they can mention their name on the air and it's blah, blah, blah. Plus, they have to be so clean. Yeah. So... They can't wait <coughs> to get up on stage and be so funny and say the word fuck. Exactly. They can't wait. And these guys, I watched it so many times. They go up on stage, they curse like crazy, and all of a sudden they'd stop cursing long enough to realize nobody's laughing. Bombville. <laughs> That's right. And, Bomb. and you, you know how it gets very lonely up there yeah. very, very quick, yeah, and they Mike develop knows. such <laughs> a respect. <laughs> You know, because it's so easy to goof on comics, goof on, but the biggest re the biggest audience for comics is people that have ever tried it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's crazy. It, yeah. It's hard to be bad. Yeah. Just to go up there and go 15 rounds with the champ. Impossible. You know. In fact, if you're starting in comedy, I know of a comedy school called Stand-Up University. Oh, is that the one with the doctor? <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a doctor who no, teaches at Stand-Up University. Uh, uh, Stand-Up University at the brokerage. StandUpUniversity.com. The, uh, the idea is that uh, we all remember our first time on stage, yeah. and it's scary, and it can be traumatic, and we help people who've never done comedy before, before do their first show in a positive atmosphere. I, I got, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I mean, <laughs> I was pretty good coming right out of the gate, so I'm not going to. 
Agreed. <laughs> well, so so it's interesting. I was not, and and my first time on stage was July thirteenth, two thousand ten. It was right here at Governor's because they're still the, talking about that. They still they, they, <laughs> they certainly it, are. And I will tell they're you that they're all saying I still can't believe we didn't talk about it. <laughs> it was it was very surreal, and um, I was dealing with. Um, I had an, a, a fear of public speaking. I, I never really told you about that, but I, from my professional standpoint, I could not talk in public. And the class, what it did for me more than anything, from a professional standpoint, was enabling me to be able to talk not just in front of hundreds of people on stage at a comedy club, but also from a work standpoint as well for my my day life. So I would say that um, if you're looking to do comedy class, Mike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will be signing up right after this. Stand Up yeah. University is a fantastic life changer. It was for me, and, and uh, I am certainly, um, it's no secret, I am extremely fond of, of Peter Bales. Oh, you're, uh, he's you're a great too person. Nice. You know, the whole teacher. public speaking thing, not just being a comedian, but just being able to address people, or yeah. even a, like if you're at a party and all of a sudden you've got to tell somebody their lights are on and turn mm. around addressing people. You know, we talked about this on the show. It's the whole concept of facing the wrong way. Right. You're looking this way, and everybody else is looking this way. Right. And it's a whole weird deal how some people get. The, there's so many stories, like General Patton could walk in, or maybe it was Douglas MacArthur, one of them could walk into a battle, you know, naked, you know, <laughs> with guns firing and tanks shooting at him, and not. But the idea of standing up in front of 200 soldiers and giving a speech. He couldn't yeah. do it. He was petrified, which is so hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's a, it's a very scary thing to some people. You know? Jackie, I, I was always curious. So Eight you, inches. You, uh, <laughs> no, that I knew about I already. Knew I, yeah. I read that one in the book. Um, you started you with, with Howard in, uh, in 83. H how did your comedy career on Long Island, how did, it, did you stop performing as much? Were you performing more? What was the, what was the transition? Well, like? I... I was a musician and not a good one. And when my last band broke up, I, j I knew every joke in the world. I just always did. They always stuck in my head. And I knew I wasn't going to get a job. So what am I going to do? Instead of playing guitar and telling jokes, I'm going to tell jokes and play guitar. And I started doing that. And there weren't any comedy clubs. you know. So I produced shows at every little crack and cranny. And... Um, and I made an album at the first place that me and Richie started, Cinnamon. I made my own comedy album, made another comedy album. So I was, I was constantly at it, you know. Um, we started Governors, and uh, I, I recorded an album at the Eastside Comedy Club. Then I recorded an album at Governors. So by 1982, I had three comedy albums. I wasn't any better or worse than anybody else, but I had these albums. <clears throat> and I sent them blindly to Howard. And they liked him, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm a guy from, they just came to New York from Washington, here's a guy with three comedy albums, he must be somebody, and I'm certainly one going to tell him I wasn't. Yeah. But I was just working one day a week, <clears throat> so I was still doing whatever jobs I could get, and Rascal's Comedy, Rascal's Comedy Club got the bright idea, like, why don't we have open mic night on Tuesday, so when I do the Stern Show on Tuesday, I can announce I'm going to Rascal's, you get a plug, you sell lots of seats and booze. You can pay me some money. And so I did that. And that's the w first week time I got any money indirectly from the Stern Show. But I'm still doing my jobs. And I wouldn't be on the show if I was on the road. I mean, I called it to the Stern Show one time from jail. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> and then eventually 
Well, tell them he why you were in jail. It was a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a 14-year-old girl. It was, it was, but it was drinking with girls that might have been 14-year-old. <laughs> oh, the the waitresses at Virginia Beach, you know, you, you know, you put lipstick on anybody. You know? <laughs> right, that's right. But um, and then uh, eventually he got fired from NBC and rehired at K Rock, and I was still there one day a week. So the whole time I was doing, con and I was, it was horrible. I mean, it, you know, to going, if you got to have half a brain, you know, you're, you're in Nashville, Tennessee, and you're sitting around all day so you can do 45 minutes that night. I'm, I, I, I got too much angst, too much go, too yeah. much I want to do, and I was freaking out. And at some point, uh, the, when the show went to mornings, I was on two days a week, and I said to my future ex-wife, literally, I said, uh, I can't stand the road. It's just, it's horrible, you know. <laughs> and she says, so just quit and it'll fill in. So I said, all right. And I'll never forget because I was working at Zany's in Nashville and I was in this incredible mood. And everybody's like, what's up with you? I said, I'm done. This is my last week out here in, in Nomad. Not meaning their club, but meaning yeah, anywhere. Yeah, just in general, yeah. And I yeah. just told Howard, hey, I'm done with the road, so I'm totally available. And boom, I was on five days a week. You know, I went from two to three to four to five, but very, very quick. But then the money, you, you don't stop because I could sell out Rascal. Thursday nights, they're dark. Mm. I could be there on Thursday night and he could have 400 people and make a fortune. I could make a fortune. And so I kept doing it and still doing weekends because no, nobody knew it was going to be a six. Howard Stern show could have stopped at any time. Right, you didn't know it was going to last for 30, 40 no, years. No, you idea. And, and the point is, if I had to have a, a way to make a living, so right. I kept doing my comedy. I loved it. And, of course, as the show got bigger, my money got bigger. And it was like, it, it was a whole thing that you would, it was like step by step, you know, because who knew? But yeah. So the, the Stern so show hit, and you were selling clubs out, and, and it wasn't a very, it happened pretty quickly. It wasn't a slow process. Uh, no, no, no. It was. It, it was not fast because you know from eighty three to eighty six, and I'm making you know, and, and slowly but surely, a few more people knew who I was from that show. I was only there one day a week, and he, and he wasn't. You know, he, he became big fairly quick, but the whole world didn't listen to the radio. It took time, right, for the whole thing to kind of take hold and take hold and affect your money. You know. It's funny, Big Pussy from The Sopranos, he owned a club in Riverdale, and every time he called me to work there, like he called me and said, Jack, you want to come work for me? I'll pay you 75 bucks. I'm sorry, I'm making 100 now. You know, And he called me, Jack, you want to come work for me? I can give you 150. No, I'm making 300 now. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, I never right. wanted to work. <laughs> we laughed about it for a long time. Right. Yeah. But it was funny how you, you know, and Nancy was the one. She All of a sudden, she'd quote stupid, not what seemed to me stupid money. You know, I'm used to making $500. You'll say, uh, 1200 bucks. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. they said, yeah, you know what I mean? But that was like your worth. Yeah. And she knew your worth. Yeah, you you don't get, it. you know, don't get paid what you're worth. You get paid what you negotiate. Yeah. And right. this thing. See, I'm not on that level. I still ask, you know, uh, do the comedians get food? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, you're also the <laughs> only right. one that ever hears no. <laughs> <laughs> 50% off, or you can have anything but the steak. You know, that's <laughs> oh, Mr. Benet. Peter, uh, Jackie just brought something up about the road, and it was something I've always wanted to ask you, and I never really had. 
you at some point made a decision that you were not going to pick up and become a, a, a road comic per se. Well, you do road gigs, but you do not go away for weeks at a time. At, at what point was it that you decided that you were going to be uh, a Long Island, New York based comic who does some local road gigs, but not going to be out for weeks upon end? Uh, the truth is um, when my wife got pregnant and I wanted to be there for my kids growing up. And he wanted to catch that guy. <laughs> and I wanted to find out who was the father. So yeah, you, exactly. But you made a conscious decision yes. that... Yes. Um, and, and I'm glad that, you know, that I went to graduate school and, and, and got a doctorate and, and teach history and, and combine the two, which has been very, so very good. Smart. For me. So you smart. Know, it was you know, I, I would go out, but <clears throat> there was only a few times where I did the like me and Rich Jenny went, <clears throat> to, I think, to four places in the South. And that might be the only time I did that. Uh, you know, maybe go to Zanies in Nashville and go to Zanies in, uh, in where, wherever that other hellhole was. Like, <laughs> like uh, you know, random here, there. For the most part, I went somewhere and came home. Yeah. I went somewhere and came home because it was too... Too weird to, you know. It's the teacher in me. I, I want to talk to your viewers and tell them, if you don't know, Rich Jenny, the late Rich Jenny, was one of the most amazing comedians. He was oh, one of my you guys first favorite comics. Yeah, about, of course. Know. And uh, I got a shout and out. And this was so long ago, literally, he was the middle act and I was the headliner. Yeah. Literally. That's yeah. how long ago it was. I got a shout out on Rogan's podcast, and he tried to remember my name. Peter Boyle? Boyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then he goes, no, Peter Bales. <laughs> yeah. And, and we did at Eastside. We were at Eastside, and uh, Jenny was headlining. And we watched him do two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, an hour each night without repeating a single thing. Unbelievable. And, and Rogan had Rogan talked about that. He and he remembered it. He that, remembered yeah. it. He mentioned on his, on his podcast. It's such an yeah, amazing yeah. thing. And, and we, we, we certainly miss uh, Rich Jenny. Who He's great. He's amazing. And we, we drove to the south and drove to Augusta, Georgia, and Atlanta, Georgia, and Columbia, and Savannah, maybe it was more than four, but like, you know, doing the whole week there, and then doing the traveling in between, and, you know, it, we just made each other laugh, a frightening, you know, we had a bond forever after that, and we didn't hang out, but we hung out that month, with, but that is just like, that's foxhole time, that's yeah. like being in a war together, you yeah. know, so... And he was a great character. Yeah. But it was funny. I don't know if we ever talked about this. It took him three or four tries for me and Minervini to pass him to work at Cinnamon. Really? He came and went up and didn't get any laughs. He said, you going to book me? He said, no, come back. You know. Holy shit. But, but I mean, but he was, wasn't even a little bit funny. I wonder if Rich would... The truth of my stories is nobody ever remembers. Like, remember that? <laughs> no. You guys, when he says Cinnamon's... Do you guys know what he's talking about? No. Okay, let's clarify for your viewers. That was the first one-nighter on Long Island. It's in Huntington, and it has changed names many times. It's right across from the pizza place. The you corner of... You oh, know. they the called it Strawberries a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, Strawberries. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Corner 25A in Route 1. Yeah, I know yeah, what it is. You guys yeah. know that. Yeah. Fast Eddie's. Yeah, Strawberry. It was fa yeah. yeah, Fast Eddie's for a long yeah. time. Yeah, <coughs> of course. All right, All right. good, good, yeah, good. Yeah, we got it. We got to right. sum up. Yeah. Uh, that's but when we were there, the owner was Jerry Cooney's brother, Mike. Huh. And so Jerry Cooney used wow. to come in and hit us in the balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, he had a uh, thing about that. And Harry Chapin <laughs> used to come in oh, and wow, really? watch the shows. And uh, it was every Tuesday night, and it directly grew into the Eastside Comedy Club. 
Uh, like remember? I had a guitar and an amplifier and two extension speakers and Richie was going to be the MC and we finagled to do it and we'd set up the equipment and he'd MC the shows and we'd have the comics and I'd go on last and go forever and ever with my guitar singing and being an idiot and uh, yeah. from the word go and that's why I started the 516922wine joke line yeah. that's still going yeah. was to promote that show because we didn't have any money we couldn't go take out an ad in Newsday or Good Times or something like that. So I said, let me get a phone number. And say, hey, why the chicken cross the road? By the way, we'll be at Cinnamon tonight. You know oh, who loved comedy back in the day and used to show up at the shows? The Stanley Cup champion many times Islanders. Those guys used to show up all right? the time. Yeah. They loved the and show. that was in their heyday? When that they was yeah. in their heyday. Yeah. 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 I knew nothing, yeah. nothing about hockey, but all of a sudden here's the world champion guy. They would hang out. They would wow. hang out. Really? Oh, it's so great. You know, I did, I did uh, mud wrestling with Butchie Goering and, and, <laughs> really? and Clark Gillies Holy and Rum Runner. Like, I was the comic. <laughs> and I fucking hate comedy now. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Mud wrestling with We Carl need Mike Keegan mud Keegan. wrestling. I need the mud That's wrestling. That's what we need. Somebody, yeah. I still don't know what, who did what. I mean, wow. I, don't think, I don't think the guys, I think the people came in and watched the wrestler, uh, watched the <laughs> Islanders. Mud wrestling mud with wrestling. the girls. Not Unbelievable. Like you yeah. paid money and got to like mud wrestle. <laughs> would, would you both say that Richard Jenny, if you had to pick a, a Mount Rushmore of comics that you guys have worked with, that would he be on the Mount Rushmore, Richard Jenny? You, you can't do that. You know, I would I would say probably yes, but it's everybody. It's it's horse races, right? Like, I've always tried to do that, well, but it's always like I, that would be hard. To, that would be really yeah. hard to do. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like asking you one movie that's your favorite. Yeah. I can actually. Shawshank Redemption is my favorite. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. My favorite is uh, Son of Flubber. No, oh. I would no. Seriously, <laughs> my my favorite movie. If that's I was to answer, me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Lawrence of Arabia. If I had to pick one yeah. movie. And uh, you got one if you can it's only pick. Is it because it's you like Peter O'Toole's eyes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bale. Oh, man, oh, you know God. me better than they, I want to admit. They were like three <laughs> oceans. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had a, a you know why he's because he's the only one that ever made it all the way through that movie. Oh come on, it's brilliant! <coughs> oh please! All right, and <laughs> if you had if you had asked me who's my biggest influence in comedy, uh, I'd have to say Robert Klein. Yeah, I love Robert Klein. And and and, uh, and you still you you've worked with him recently, I know, or not that long ago? Is that right? Not that long ago. Yeah. 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 And he's still amazing to this day. Phenomenal. Uh, and when I started at the comic strip. The MC was in charge of passing people on audition night, and the MC was Jerry Seinfeld. Oh wow! And I became friends with him. In fact, I rented from him. He went to California, and I took over his apartment on the Upper West Side. And his girlfriend. And his. <laughs> <laughs> Take a bow. Okay, thank you very yeah. much. Good job. Let's, let's not follow you know, up. It's so funny. There was a club on Long Island called <laughs> My Father's Place, and it was always hard to talk to people about because I used to work at My Father's Place. Father had a place. No, it was the name of. I know. It was, it was like Abbott Costello, and. Um, the whole world worked there. Yeah. And I forget where I was, whether I was at the east side or, or some place where I was going to be in proximity to Robert Klein, you know, and, and meet him for the first time. And, like, you know, you know, you, wanna, you don't want to go up and say, hi, I'm a comic, you know. What am I going to do? And, uh, and I got this bright idea. And the guy who owned my father's place was Michael Epstein, who was yeah, known as Epi, who was still around. And I just walked up to Klein and I said, 
hey, Epi says hello. And he looked at me and said, how much did he beat you up for? <laughs> <laughs> and we were friends ever since. You know. uh, speaking, of, speaking of Epi and my father's place, I do have a, a story. Uh, they re- they reopened recently in Roslyn, and they they since closed again. Yeah, the n- same night. Yeah, pretty much exactly. <laughs> I was there within the month that they were open. I was opening for Al Jardine from the Beach Boys, and I remember there was a we were in the green room. There was a female in there, I forget who, but she said Jackie Martling might be coming down, and she ended up calling you. And we're in the green room. Al Jardine was very conservative, very modest, and she was on the phone with you, and you said. Uh, I can't make it there, but tell Al Jardine that I used to bang chicks to my room by the Beach Boys. <laughs> and, and is that a true story? That's a true story. This is maybe two years ago. And, uh, oh, and I'm dying because he's like, yeah, I used to bang chicks to in my room by the Beach Boys. And I look at Al Jardine. He's like, oh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's really funny is that's an incredible song. And in the days when that was hot stuff, I wasn't. I yeah, probably yeah. didn't have sex with anybody for a year or two after, or maybe those are the days where, if you had sex, that was a good year. But yeah. that song, and this is going to sound so weird. I, I used to get not fights, but the guys at the Stern Show used to call me gay and call me names, because <laughs> when I went to high school, you had gym, and after gym, you took a shower. Yeah, yeah you know, right. with all the guys, and yeah. then you came out and toweled off and put your clothes on, and and. They're like, you took a shower? Like, well, didn't you have gym? He said, yeah, but they would stand behind their locker and get, I'm like, that's, that's what's weird. That's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of gay, you yeah. Know? I mean, and then Scott, Scott, the engineer, came in and said, oh, where I went to school, I think it was in Queens, he said, we had swim class and all the guys swam naked. And I thought Howard and Gary were going to have a heart attack. <laughs> and then... Um, when we had gymnastic practice, and this is going to sound gay, we, after gymnastic practice, we would all go in the shower and we used to sing. And the, the <laughs> Anthony Grandinetti, the, the, the yep. gymnastic coach, the greatest gentleman right. in the world, would actually come in because we'd re- practice for an hour, gymnastics on, on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. and we'd be in the shower for an hour. And he wants to go home to his family, you know, you guys, come on! And we'd be in there, we talked my... Bates, the guy who taught me to play guitar, we talked him into bringing his guitar in the shower. We Jesus. like, don't worry, it won't hurt. Man, I thought your story was <laughs> after, after about two months, it looked like a bow and arrow. But we used to sing in my room in like five part harmony and sing and with your balls out, <laughs> totally naked. And then it was like a, a room that had kind of had a half an opening, and somebody walk out or they'd come in late and we'd stand behind the opening and they walk through we'd pee all over them. Uh, <laughs> wow. And we just and we'd laugh and that we never gave it a second thought. We no, just, and it's we, and you could see just the anatomy of a joke, how you exaggerate and twist. <laughs> Jackie, you know, said he used to bang chicks to the song in my room and how did he exaggerate? It was actually masturbation. <laughs> you change it you change that to banged yeah. chicks. Right. And then in just, just a slight in, twist. There's a, twist. a really good yeah. chance I wasn't even 
in the shower into doing that yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because that's early, early in my room. That's early on. Because oh, yeah. gymnastics was, I was in ninth grade, that's you know. Right. Yeah. And, and they started gymnastics great, great, in high school. Great song. But is that a true story? That's a true story. It was, uh, it was a female. I think she said she had dated you at one point. And she said, I'm going to try to get Jackie Marley. Was she a comic? I don't know if she was a comic. I forget uh, her name. She might have been a prostitute. She worked <laughs> in my father's place? She didn't work there. She was there. She knew Al Jardine. She, she followed him around and... Uh, she knew you very well, she said, and she she actually had called you. Because I would, I would, she was fourteen. I would remember. I, th- I would think I would remember being on the phone with somebody yeah. who was there with Al Jardine because yeah. I was a huge Beach Boys fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, I, I hope yeah. that's true. I it's a hundred percent true. I swear, and I, it's in my brain that I remember but Jackie Morley. I love that. that when people remember everything <laughs> except the girl. <laughs> I didn't have no idea. <laughs> which is the hit? Which well, is the hit? I'm there with Al Jardine and his son, and uh, right, and uh, but uh, yeah, I remember she had said she might have dated you at some point. And how would how, might I love that? Might have dated you. I love to leave it. He doesn't have her number at this point. <laughs> no, but but I, I hate the thought of leaving that bad of, of a non-impression. <laughs> I, I might have dated him. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Maybe I just gave him a ride home. You know, shut up. Oh, boy. <laughs> but I love how, you know, what goes around comes around in the comedy community on Long Island. Epi, of my father's place, was the influence, the inspiration for Bob Nelson's Epi Epperman Is character. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's wow. right. Direct uh. influence that was created on that. Oh, wow. Isn't that so- How yeah, is Bob Nelson, by the way? I'm sorry, Bills. I'm sorry, Bills. There is another stop on that train. There is another stop on that train. Go. It's your show, actually. You <laughs> tell him to go. It's not. <laughs> Peter says to go. We say go. <laughs> <laughs> Big fat Bob Woods. Oh, boy. Was the one who imitated Wo- Epi all the time because... Epi yeah. actually managed Bob Woods for a while. And Woods would go on and on doing Epi. It was so funny. And then maybe, I, I, don't, I don't think he took it from Woods, but like it was so obvious that it was such an obvious character because Epi was managing Woods and driving him crazy. Like, Bob, I think maybe if the jokes were a little tighter, if you put stuff a little bit tighter together, Bob. I should say to your listeners, uh, Bob Woods passed in about 1990. It could have been, been 1991. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was the honeymooners. Uh, he was, he did the, the quintessential right? Ralph Cranden yeah. on the honeymooners. He was huge. And they, his nickname was, and, and since he passed, you can use this. <laughs> that's that's oh. always Peter's shit. And like, what's going? <laughs> I, I could feel. I could feel how it's wrong you thought it was when I made fun of their size and you waited 40 minutes to make a fat joke. I don't do that. I don't believe in that. Yeah. But I, but this was right there. See, you don't want to insult them. I want to make them laugh hard enough that they get a ripple going in their chins. Oh, my God. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What? Wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> His nickname was the, was the Round Mound of Sound, and That's he, was, he did he did terrific, funny impressions. Yeah. Phil Rizzuto. His, his wow. opening, he used to list twelve names. You remember that? Oh, absolutely. Lord of the Ring Dings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Round Mound of Sound. Oh, I, oh. I forget what they all were, but he was saying. Do you know the, his, the Phil Rizzuto story? No. Oh, uh, are we get. Uh, I think I wrote this down for our show, but whatever. When we first started, we were all idiots. We don't know anything. 
And I got the gig. There was a guy who booked shows the same way as I did. He had an amplifier and speakers, and he would get a club and hire the comedians and get $250 and give you 50, give you 50, give you 50 and keep 100, or, or mm -hmm. 50, 50 and keep 100, whatever, producing shows. Mm -hmm. And he had more shows than he had amplifiers, so he handed me this place called Mustache Pete's, yeah. which is Haskell, New Jersey, and everybody worked. I still have the thing. My booker's list where you can see his handwriting segued into my handwriting. You see Seinfeld, Overton, Riser, Murphy. You know, there's like a yeah. blast from the past. And we first started working there, and Woods did Phil Rizzuto. And he'd only done it on <laughs> Long Island. And here we are in Haskell, New Jersey. <laughs> and he gets up there and he goes, I'm Phil Rizzuto for the money store. If you live or work in New Jersey, good luck. Holy cow, does it stink in that state. <laughs> we're in New Jersey, and everybody's like, you mother... <laughs> and all of a sudden, the light bulb went on like, maybe, maybe not. That was, that was how he did it. He said that on Long Island, and I guess he just... Yeah, that never dawned on him that he's in New Jersey. That's <laughs> phenomenal, <laughs> Jackie. If I if I tease a couple of a uh, couple of my favorite Jackie jokes, you think you'll be able to nail them? You got them, right? I don't. I don't think so. Hold on, I'm going to tease um, the girl with diarrhea walks into the doctor's office. Doc, I got diarrhea. Can I take a bath? If you got enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just told that story the other day to some because uh, was it on our show? Somebody said, "Does anybody ever tell you a joke you never heard?" The guy stopped me after the show I was at and said, "I got a joke for you. I know you heard them all, but uh, I want to try this." And he told me that joke, and I fell down. And he said, "You don't have to pretend." I said, "Listen, I never heard it before. That is." Maybe the only that's so amazing because that's the most disgusting joke in the world, and I can't use it on stage because if I do, it slows down my show. Because for a few seconds after that, people are still like, oh, <laughs> oh, and they miss the setup to the next joke. So yeah. I can't use that in my act because it's too dirty. Yeah. But you can tell it on the radio, right? Terrestrial radio, and yep. you can tell it to a five year old. Oh, so it's, it's, it's so disgusting, but you can Absolutely. tell it to your you, grandson because it's a duty joke. Can you tell this one on the the, the fat woman with the smelly feet on the elevator? You can tell that one. <laughs> you know the joke. The guy's on the elevator with big fat broad, and he says, "Lady, can I smell your snatch?" And she says, "No." He says, well, "That must be your feet." <laughs> 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 Guys, is it, okay, is it okay if I tee him up right now? Yeah, tee him up. All right. Tee him up. Um, <laughs> you know, it's so weird. You can tell a girl she's pretty a thousand times, and they don't remember. But at one time, you tell a girl she's fat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's it. You know why? Because elephants never forget. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, um... He, Jackie the joke man, you can't stump him. Yeah, I yeah. actually, I had a, a, a joke book from 1890 and I took a, a joke out of that and I got like four words out before he, he yeah. knew the joke. But he listens to jokes after his shows out of courtesy and respect. And you told me because you might just hear one that you haven't heard before. And it's one of my favorite jokes, period, the one that you told. And you did do it on our show, but we can do it here. 
one of my favorite Just jokes. Just don't give it away. Yeah, I'm, I won't I give it away. People say, "Do the joke about to get to." The no, I'm not going to give it away. You know. <laughs> but this, he had, he got this from an audience member, who, actually, you hadn't heard it before. But which, the, um, the stuttering yeah, joke. Yeah, that's the one. <coughs> it's so funny because I remember because it, it becomes so few and far between where somebody tells me a joke I haven't heard before. It's like a, a little spot of gold, you know, and it's not due to brilliance or anything other than I'm an idiot and have listening listened to people all night, every night, forever. You know, I probably could have been doing something with my life, but I was listening and I, early on I realized, wow, I remember these. I always thought everybody remembered them and they don't. <coughs> Most people <coughs> could care less about jokes. But I remember the ones and I was at a uh, showing of a documentary about uh, I th maybe the mandolin player or the fiddler in The Grateful Dead. His daughter made a a documentary, a great documentary. So th this is at Sundance, and the place is jammed. You can't move, and the documentary was over, and we're trying to get out of there. And people, you know, just like sardines, and this guy was like right nose to nose with me. He goes, Jackie! I got one for you, man. And he stood there nose to nose with me <laughs> and told me the whole joke. And I used it every night since like 2001. <laughs> and it was just a great, great joke. And there's different versions, but the way he told it was just, it was the, you know, sometimes it's just right. It was, and I'm sure you guys heard the key. Uh, the girl's at the bar and she's having a few drinks, relaxing. And there's three guys next to her and they're all stuttering. They're yakking and they're stuttering. It's driving her crazy. She's trying to relax. And she says, all right, if any of you guys could tell me where you're from without stuttering, I'll give you a blowjob. She says, where are you from? And the guy goes, Philadelphia. She says, you're a loser. Where are you from? And the other guy goes, Tom, 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 Tampa. She says, you're a loser. He's the next guy, where are you from? He goes, Miami. She's very good. She undoes his pants, pulls down his pants, his underwear, kneels down, sucks his dick. Just as he's having an orgasm, he goes, B-b-b-beach! <laughs> <laughs> and we're standing there. People are trying to get by, and I'm roaring. Said, you really haven't heard that? You really haven't heard that? You know? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and I, and so I think of that guy... Every time I tell him. That's funny. Oh, you know, it's, it's awesome. really that's, fun. A, that's a joke. That's crazy. Oh, that's I it. love it. Phenomenal. Yeah. So fun. We are very appreciative for both of you coming on. This was phenomenal. Thank you so much. It means the world to us. You we don't hope want you to hit a lie detector robot? Of course. Yes, we do. The guy works at the CIA, <laughs> and he comes home, and he says to his wife and his son, come in the kitchen. I want you to see what we're working on. And they walk in the kitchen. There's a robot there. It's a lie detector robot. And his kid and his wife are like, what? He says, I'll show you. He says to his son, he says, so what would you do after school today? And he said, I did my homework. And the lie detector robot smacks the kid, right? And the kid's like, oh, Jesus. He says, all right, all right. I went to Eddie's house and we watched a movie. What would you watch? Star Wars. And the robot smacks the kid. He says, all right, all right, all right. We watched some porn. His father says, porn? When I was your age, I didn't even know what porn was. And the robot smacks the father, okay? <laughs> so the mother goes, he's your son, all right. And the light tech goes,
Very uh, nice. You guys have a terrific show. I love it. Thanks Thank for having us much. on. Aren't you glad we sat up? Yeah, I am. Thank it you for that. Yeah, a lot more yeah, that was great. It was terrific. Yeah, and yes. you guys have a terrific show, Stand Up Memories. You guys have Thank a great you. dynamic together on the show. Standupmemories.com, right? That's how Stand people up get to it. Standupmemories.com. And my comedy school, StandUpUniversity.com. Yep. And uh, and you guys, uh, this is such a ter- this is fun. I'm you guys not are done plugging. I tweet jokes every day at four twenty at Jackie Martling. Five one six nine two two wine is still dirty jokes twenty four seven for forty three years yeah. for no reason whatsoever. And no, I don't make money from it. And all my gigs are all the ticket links are on JokeLand.com. And like I said. TikTok, you know, I just waited so long, and I just because it, it's like sixteen-year-old girls in bikinis. Like I finally said, "What the hell?" Not I put anymore. jokes on yeah. there, and people are going to and TikTok.com/slash at Jackie Marling. I think if you go to TikTok and just put my name, it probably comes up. Yeah. Why the ad is in there, I don't know. But to go to it directly, TikTok.com/slash at Jackie Marling, and every joke I ever put up. They're all there. Yeah. So you can sit there and listen to 200 oh, jokes, great. and I'll never make another Last nickel. thing, last <laughs> thing I want to plug. I'm selling a pamphlet about sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> for 14-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. You know, it really sucks that I pose for all those pictures. <laughs> I, I get nothing. Well, I'm going to let Mike close it out, but I do. There, one, there is one thing I want to plug. Um, as you guys know, the person who helps us book guests very frequently, Rich Kleiman, uh, his wife is um, a Crohn's and colitis survivor, and she has asked me to talk about the uh, the uh, Crohn's and colitis walk that's this Sunday. Um, it is at 1 o'clock at the Belmont Lake State Park, not to be confused with Belmont Racetrack, where I will be. Um, check in in the festivals at 12, 1 o'clock, and as a matter of fact, the uh, MC of the event is Rob Bartlett, who is also wow. a uh, Crohn's and colitis wow. survivor. So uh, if you guys are around this weekend, a nice Sunday, take a ride over to Belmont Lake State Park and uh, contribute to the, um, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. I like and, your shirt, by the way. And my shirt. I'm gonna. This is uh, my new Hershey and the Keeg show shirt. We're, we're <laughs> testing it out to see how it works. See how and durable it is. Gonna make yeah. It, yeah, but uh, you got to be your guy's size to wear that stupid <laughs> shirt. Right. That's right. There's a lot of two, no, gi- er, two giant heads on there. Yeah, else I, I, I'd comments. have a head under each armpit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I do want to thank uh, Peter and Jackie for coming to uh, guys that inspired me. I always tell Peter, like, uh, one of the, the... You don't want to hear about Grandpa <laughs> touring to of, Pennsylvania? Of course we do. <coughs> so Grandpa's with his grandson in Pennsylvania, and they're on a sightseeing. He says, Sonny boy, you see that field <laughs> over there? That's where they fought the Battle of Gettysburg in 1863. And you know, Sonny boy, a lot of people say the Battle of Gettysburg was the turning point of the Civil War. The kid says, duh, Grandpa. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. He says, I, I, I could fit my whole fist in your grandmother's <laughs> asshole. <laughs> uh, 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 awesome. Oh, tell the kids uh, to get out of the room. I know. Get out of the room. It's a little late for that. Anybody 15 and under. I, uh, now that, and more jokes like that uh, on Saturday night at, at the, the brokerage, brokerage in Belmore, 8 p.m. show. The first, my first albums I put out, I put out three comedy albums, 79, 80, and 81. And each of them had a disclaimer in a box on the bottom and said, 
children under 16 years of age should not listen to this album if they were raised in a closet. You know, I knew all these jokes by the time I was 11. Yeah, so I remember I was take eight, a chill eight years though. old. I had an Andrew Dice Clay cassette that I used to have to hide from my parents. I was listening wow. to all that shit when I was eight. Come on. Exactly. Um, Sticks and stones, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so Peter and Jack, you can see them both Saturday night at the brokerage in Belmore. <laughs> Uh, tickets on sale at govs.com. I wanted to say they're both inspirations of mine. Peter, oh. when I first started comedy, before I started comedy, my parents went to go see you. They bought one of your books, uh, Why Are All the Great Battles Fought in How National? come they always had the battles in National Park? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. I was a history major at that time. And I'm like, oh, history, comedy. That's when I started getting into comedy. And then Jackie was the first household name that I ever opened up for like 10 years ago. So you probably don't remember. Where was that? It was uh, for Brad Axelrod somewhere in Connecticut. Treehouse. He retired. Treehouse. Yeah, he did just retire retire. last year. But it was like 10 years ago. I did the Treehouse comedy. I never let up on that. (laughs) Sure. But it was great working with both of you tonight and having you on here. Yes, um, thank you very much. Saturday, uh, Friday <coughs> night, you could see I'll be here at Governor's uh, in the main room with Kevin Brennan and the lovely Carla Okerson will be hosting that show, my girlfriend. Your job is to find out who was the woman at the Al Jardine I, show. I will. I'm going to try to find out who that was. And you were uh, opening for Al Jardine? I was opening for Al Jardine. He was doing the Beach Boys stuff with his well, son. Like and a five-piece I, band? Or is it <laughs> just him? It was just him and his son and, and a drummer. And, did they uh, play tapes or did they actually sing? They sang. They sang, and they were great. His his son did all the the, the falsetto parts, and he was he was great, and it was a lot of fun. So I did like twenty minutes before them, and and then uh, they just did like an hour and a half of Beach Boys songs. How well do you know about the Beach Boys? I've seen them live. I've been a Beach Boy fan forever. The only Beach Boy who could swim was Dennis. And he drowned in two feet is of that, water. Is that true? That's an absolute wow. truth. Wow. <laughs> no was, forget about surfing. He was <laughs> the only one who could swim, and he drowned in two <laughs> wow, feet of water. Wow. <laughs> On that nice note, let's wrap wow. the show up. Let's wrap it up. Yep. So wrap it up. Wrap it up. Jackie and Peter Saturday night at the down. brokerage. Uh, Mike Keegan, uh, Friday night here at Governor's, and also I'm recording my special August 26th here at Governor's. Tickets are on sale for that at Govs.com also. So... Thank you Next guys time we're going to bring donuts. <laughs> Please, we have them. They're under the desk. Okay. But thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Uh, with I want to shout out to Joe. Shout out to Tony. You still talk to Tony? <laughs> yeah, every day when she wakes up. <laughs> really? What's he say? <laughs> Hi, Tony. Hi, Joe. Hi, Jimmy. All right, All right. folks. Thank have a good so night. Much, thank guys. you very we'll much for you listening. Next week. next week we're here with Anthony Stabile. Take care. Bye now. There we go.